0: The following program is a paid advertisement. The broadcast of this program does not represent an endorsement by WHLG FM or Horizon Broadcasting of the products or views expressed herein.
1: The following show was pre recorded.
2: Good morning, Florida. The Financial Truths. I am your host, John Wilkinson, with my guest, Ari Marcus, and a consumer protection attorney, one of my favorite attorneys out there. And as you know, our mission here of this show is to educate or inform the community about what the average consumer doesn't know when it comes to the financial sector, such as personal credit, or um, even entrepreneurship, or managing your money. Anything like that. So I want, you know, with no, without stopping or without any delay, I want to introduce Ari, a consumer protection attorney I met some years ago at one of our credit conventions. Yes, we have credit conventions that last actually for days. And, you know, we go over different regulations, what's new going on in the industry and so forth. And Ari was at one of these uh, events, which where I met him and, you know, he brought a lot of insights to what to look for when it comes to consumer violations. So welcome to the show, Ari.
3: Thanks, John. I'm excited to be here.
2: Excellent. So. Ari, um, as you were telling me when we were at, you know, one of these uh, credit conventions some years ago, you know, about some of the things that you have saw in this sector of violations when it comes to consumer uh, laws or protection on the credit rights of consumers, and so – what are you seeing now? I mean, I understand things shift after time and, you know, when it comes to violations, what are some of the larger things or the most things that you're seeing during this COVID time or this particular period of violations from either it could be the credit bureaus or even third-party collection companies, sir?
3: That's a great question, John. So there's certain mainstay violations and what I mean by that is common violations that have been going on for the last 10 years that we still see today. Um, Those involve debt collection harassment or creditor harassment. Um, And some of the new things we're seeing based on um, COVID-19 is a lot of people are um, in forbearance. So they get some agreement from their creditor, uh, mortgage company, credit card company, etc., where they don't have to make payments for sometimes 60 days, sometimes 90, et cetera, some sort of agreement. Uh, we've even seen it in the, um, w- with regards to cars, whether it be a lease or a finance. Um, so they'll get an agreement in writing, hey, you don't have to pay for a certain amount of time. They look at their credit report, and they see that even though they have an agreement not to pay, the creditor is still reporting them as late, 30 days late, 60 days late, 90 days late, et cetera, and that may be a violation that a consumer has a right to seek out counsel um, or on their own sue the creditor to A, get their credit report fixed, and B, get some monetary compensation for the harm that they were um, suffered because of the inaccurate reporting.
2: Okay, and so, you know, like, why do you think that might be happening? Because maybe the servicer and the maybe the mortgage company is not communicating or is it just slipping by, or are they just doing it intentionally?
3: Um, I, I couldn't speak to whether they're intentionally reporting inaccurate or not. Um, I think most of these systems are automated, and they haven't gone through the process of manually removing someone. So in their system, if someone doesn't pay in 30 days, it automatically gets reported that way. And while um, people have the right to get forbearances, some states require it. Um, some federal law requires it. Um, they haven't put together the system to ensure that consumers' reports aren't accurately reflected. Um, I think it's maybe intentionally it's not the right word, but I think it's a cost saver for them. They figure, why spend the money and time to fix this? Let's just keep it going. We don't get hit with that many lawsuits, or if we do, it's not that costly for them because we're dealing with multi billion dollar companies. Um, where the intention comes into play is um, consumers then would dispute it on their credit report and these companies would either negligently not review it, ignore it, or like you said, intentionally just ignore it and just keep it as is um, because to them they don't really care whether the consumer's report is being accurately reflected or not. Um, And that's when consumers need to seek out counsel who have experience in this field um, to help them navigate the court system and help them, um, if they have a case, take it to court so they could get their credit fixed and not suffer significant harm. Um, We all know that the interest rate rate right now is extremely low. A lot of consumers are looking to refinance their mortgage um, because it's so cheap. But having a late payment on their credit report can prohibit them from getting that refinance. So it's really important um, that consumers look at their credit report, um, know what they're looking at, and if they don't or they're having issues, to reach out to a professional, someone who has experience there.
2: Excellent. Such as yourself.
3: Such as myself, yes.
2: Yes, very good. So, you know, because I, I think, um, you know, with that said, you know, yes, you know, the creditors, you know, are looking at it as a factor, cost, cost and risk factor, you know, just like most other creditors and the credit bureaus are concerned. Now, let's switch over. Now, you see that from the creditors in. Now, are you seeing any particular violations from the credit bureaus that are more, let's say, coming up uh upon us uh versus than it was a few years ago
3: so that's a good question and uh and i agree with your point about um to them it's the cost of doing business um so we haven't seen any really new violations there's been a lot of the same old same old with the credit bureaus to them you know we're talking about huge companies and they get a lot of dispute letters What we are seeing more commonly now, probably because of COVID-19, is um, them ignoring dispute letters. So under the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which is the federal law that every credit bureau has to comply with, um, they have an obligation to respond to a dispute within 30 days. Now, technically, they have a little bit more time if they notify you, hey, we, we need more time. Um, when the CARES Act was put forward, there was some talk about giving credit bureaus more time to respond because, obviously, they were understaffed. Um, whether that—it's sort of a technical issue, I don't want to get too far into the weeds because that is like a, an hour conversation just on that issue, but what we're seeing now, which we haven't seen in the past, is A, credit, dur- credit bureaus are either taking way more than 30 days or B, just ignoring the dispute altogether. And we have a lot of clients who sent out disputes with certified mail, so we know the credit bureaus got it, but they're acting as if they never received the dispute. Um, and in our opinion, that may give a consumer a right to sue under the Fair Credit Reporting Act because the credit bureaus are not following the rules um, as enacted.
2: Okay. I find it very interesting that you said that because, as you know, I run a nonprofit uh, credit education company where we're consumer advocates, you know, helping them out with their credit as well. And we're finding that as well. We're having a lot of clients that saying, oh, I'm not receiving, I haven't received anything back. I haven't received anything back, you know, and and we're looking at the reports and nothing's, you know, sh- reflecting on the report that it was in dispute or anything else. So, Uh, I think that's a really good point that you make, you know, because we're seeing that firsthand ourselves, you know. So what, you know, so with that said, what are some of the common things that consumers should look out for when it comes to, you know, violations that, you know, that you see out there because most consumers don't know, you know, the different laws that protect them and their rights.
3: Sure. Great question. So I'm going to, back it up one second and just focus on the three areas of law that our firm practices in, because that's what I'm most comfortable with talking about. Um, our firm focuses on the Fair Credit Reporting Act, which is what we've been discussing. So those are the laws that credit bureaus and furnishers, you know, the creditors that are giving the information the bureaus have to comply with. Um, we also focus on a law called the Fair Debt Collection Practice Act, and that is a federal law that every debt collector has to comply with. It ensures that debt collectors are being fair; they're not overcharging; um, they're notifying consumers of their rights. And the third area is what's called the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, which um, restricts anybody from calling consumer cell phones with a machine without permission, um, and that includes solicitation calls, etc. But more focused on what we're talking about today is It would also restrict your creditor, whether that be Citibank, Credit One, American Express, Chase, etc., from calling a consumer's cell phone using a machine unless they had permission. So the certain things we look at and what we tell consumers is if you think you're getting behind on bills, you're having issues for whatever reason, um, the first thing that you're probably going to notice is your credit card company, mortgage servicer, et cetera, are starting to call your cell phone. Um, some of these banks have policies that they're going to call between six and eight times a day. So it's it's abusive and harassment, in my opinion. It, it's pretty outrageous. Um, and what we tell our clients is, likely when you signed up for your credit card, you gave them permission. However, you have a right to revoke that consent. So either... Over the phone, tell the creditor to stop calling if you don't want the calls, or do it in writing, um, certified mail. Now, if the creditor continues to call you using a machine, and what's considered a machine is, again, a topic for another day. Um, It's actually a topic that the Supreme Court's going to hear in in five days from now. But um, if they continue to get phone calls, our clients could then sue for, $500 Five hundred to fifteen hundred dollars per call thereafter. So, think of it like this: a hundred calls, you're suing for fifty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And if you're getting eight calls a day, it doesn't take that long to get a um, hundred calls, two hundred calls, etc. Um, we had a trial recently in California where a minor who Got a new cell phone, was getting collection calls because the owner prior to him wasn't dead. And he won $180,000, somewhere around that, at trial for all the calls he was getting. Um, And that's not uncommon. We we have a lot of those cases. So that's the first thing we tell clients to look out for.
2: Okay. Um, So what we'll do is we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and hit some more. So this is John Wilkinson with The Financial Truths with Ari on the call. We'll be back looking
0: for faith-based solutions to challenges you're experiencing in your life meet reverend dr sean alexander who's been recognized as the head of chaplains international he is a member of the clergy a diplomat of the national board of christian clinical therapists a board certified supervisor and a presidential member of the american association of christian counseling Dr. Sean can provide pastoral counseling and coaching for adults and children. As a Christian, there is nothing more important than to walk the path that God has for you in your life and business and to achieve the things that Christ has for you in your life. To book a pastoral counseling appointment, please visit drseanalexander.org. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nonprofit Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida. By teaching youth to fish, restoring our coral reefs, and funding research on fish populations, the Fish and Wildlife Foundation of Florida is working to ensure the Sunshine State remains a fishing paradise for generations to come. Learn more at wildlifeflorida.org. That's
1: wildlifeflorida.org. Are you looking for healthcare that fits your busy life? OneShare Health is a Christian healthcare sharing ministry whose mission it is to inspire healthy communities and provide options to share the cost of healthcare. Here's one of our valued members to share her experience.
4: What I like most about OneShare Health is the affordability,
3: the ease of use, the customer service. I had one experience with telemedicine, and that was incredible. I was traveling, I realized I was coming down with something, so I called them. They indicated that a doctor would be calling me in the next few hours. My phone rang in like 15 minutes. We went through all my symptoms. They found the nearest pharmacy and went ahead and called in my prescription. Everything was done between 30 and 45 minutes.
1: Our listeners will receive 40% off their enrollment fee and unlimited access to telemedicine with a $0 consult fee. Visit onesharefish.com or call 833-655-0941 to learn more about our medical sharing family. Is your credit less than perfect? Worried about getting ripped off by a credit repair company? Look no further. Credit Solution Programs is a non-profit credit education and consumer advocates company with credit score improvement service that uses consumer credit rights under federal and state laws. Visit our site at creditproblemsolve.org or call 866-850-9360. Again, creditproblemsolve.org or call 866-850-9360.
2: Good morning Florida The financial truths. I am your host John Wilkinson and today we have Ari Marcus, a consumer protection attorney that has given you the insights of what to look for when it comes to your consumer credit rights. So Ari was already talking about uh, right before we took a break, about the calls, the calls, the calls, and the calls. (laughs) They keep calling, right? The collection companies or the creditors that you defaulted on, they keep calling and calling and calling, driving you crazy. Well, that can be a violation, as Ari mentioned. And then, Ari, you're going to tell us number two. What was number two, sir? I'm I'm on the edge of my seat.
3: Yes. All right, John. (laughs) Um, So after the phone calls, consumers will typically start getting collection letters from third-party debt collectors um, whether they be debt collectors that purchased the debt or that were hired by the creditor Um, you will note certain things on a letter that will tell you it's a debt collector like a phrase that says this is an attempt to collect the debt, any information can be used for that purpose Um, those letters have to be compliant with a federal law called the Fair Debt Collection Practice Act. Um, Certain rules um, require debt collectors to notify consumers of their rights, so something called a validation right. They have to tell consumers that we've been hired. You have a right to dispute the debt. You have a right to ask for validation. You have a right to ask for more information if you're not sure what the debt is or you're not sure what amount is owed or how he got to that amount. Um, and if a debt collector doesn't notify the consumer of their rights or doesn't do it properly, they may have a claim. In addition, um, they have to be told exactly what is owed. And if interest is accruing, they have to be told interest is accruing. Uh, on top of that, um, they need to be told of where the debt is, at what stage it's at. And what I mean by that is um, there's a certain amount of time every – creditor has to sue you. It's what's called the statute of limitations. And if it's beyond that time, a debt collector under certain circumstances has to tell you that so you know that uh, I cannot be sued on this. Or so you're notified that if I make payment on this, even partial payment, I may now restart the time that a creditor can sue me. So I'm I'm actually in a worse position by making payment. Um, So those are certain things that a debt collector has to tell consumers. And on top of that, on the other side, they cannot be abusive, they cannot make false threats, so they can't threaten to sue you if there's no intention on suing, or they can't threaten to credit report if there's no intention on credit reporting. Um, They can't contact you if you wrote to them and said, either A, stop contacting me, or B, I have no intention of paying this. so those are various rights that consumers have under the law. And if a debt collector violates that law, um, a consumer is entitled to up to $1,000. They're entitled to actual damage. And the debt collector has to pay all of the legal fees. So if a consumer was to hire attorney, most attorneys, like our firm, will not charge any money to the consumer and will only get paid if they win or settle the case. Um, And lastly, we tell consumers to look at their credit reports and make sure it's accurate. And that's something they should be doing whether they're in debt or not. And you know that better than I do, John. Um, The credit bureaus are known for having inaccurate information on people's reports, whether um, you have what's called a mixed file, so someone else's information is on your report, or you were a victim by identity theft, or even if you were not – It's not uncommon to have inaccurate things on your credit report, so you need to constantly be looking at that because the harm for having inaccurate information on on your report can be severe. It can take a long time to fix. Um, So better to be on top of it and better to know credit experts and credit attorneys who can assist you if you end up seeing anything inaccurate.
2: Okay, very good. And that's where we come in as well. I mean, if you find anything inaccurate and you can't, you know, you can't you get to a roadblock with these credit bureaus, you know, reach out to somebody that's a professional such as myself or Ari, you know, and we'll be glad to assist you, point you either in the right direction or assist you personally. So tell us, Ari, how can everybody reach you if they want to get in contact with you? Maybe they have a case right now.
3: Great, thanks for that. Um, so, they can email me, um, email me directly. I look at all the files. We have staff here that assist me, but anyone who ha- thinks they have a case can email me directly. My email is Ari spelled A R I at Marcus M A R C U S Zellman, Z E L M A N dot com, or contact my office line at seven three two. Six nine five three two eight two.
2: Excellent. So this will also be on our website, and we'll have Ari's contact information at org forward slash radio dash show. And you can see Ari's information there as well. So, Ari, as well, I mean, you had told me some funny stories about having a collection company, having, a, I guess, a guy on the front of the envelope upside down, like shaking money out of him or something. Yes. Yeah, that was so funny when you told me that. I was like, oh my goodness, we see everything in this field. Now, let's talk about a little about uh, the TCPA because you did mention that. And, you know, I'm fairly familiar. I read it, I went through it. I understand about texting, or also from my understanding, is a violation unless they have to have written permission, was my understanding. I don't know, maybe I'm right or wrong on that. But that's when we have all our clients sign an authorization, so we text them, so we're all in compliance with that. And now there's the ringless voicemail, so I would like to get your inputs on some of this TCPA when it comes to the ringless voicemail and the texting and the robocalling. Uh, we have about four or five minutes, if you can give us a quick sure. summary.
3: Sure. That's great. Um, the envelope case, of. Just be very brief with that, so I have more time for the QCPA. uh... Under the Fair Debt Collection Practice Act, a debt collector cannot put anything on the outside of the envelope that would be indicative that it's coming from a debt collector. Obviously, it's embarrassing. Um, and we had a case where a debt collector put a their logo, which happened to be a guy holding someone upside down and change coming out of his pocket, um, and obviously, we held that that was violative of the law. Um, and the same would apply if there's account numbers or anything that's, that's specific to a debt collector. But with regard to the TCPA, it's an evolving law, very much in the news lately. And um, like I said, the Supreme Court in the next five days is going to hear oral argument on what's considered a machine when it comes to calling. Um, the The party that's brought it to the Supreme Court is Facebook. Everyone knows Facebook, so Facebook got hit with a lawsuit for, for text messages. Um, so where it's going to go is anyone's guess. We'll have to see how the Supreme Court decides. But with where it's been in the past is, um, you're right, um, just like phone calls, companies cannot text your cell phone using a machine without your prior consent. Um, what a ringless voicemail is, just so the, the um, listeners know, a ringless voicemail is companies are now utilizing machines to call people's cell phones, and instead of your phone ringing, it goes straight to your voicemail, and they're able to leave either a pre-recorded message or a message from a person. Uh, and the reason being is people listen to their voicemails, people are ignoring um, phone numbers that they don't know at this point, so they want to get to you as quickly as possible. Um, so where it's been is, like you said, if the company does not have permission to contact you, um, then it's a violation, and you can get 500 to $1,500 per call or per text. There's different requirements that debt collectors have as opposed to solicitation calls or text messages. Solicitation calls are more um, strict, I guess you would say, Um, but, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds of that. So if you're getting any phone calls, any text messages, you're getting these ringless voicemails, meaning you're getting voicemails and the phone doesn't even ring, those all are potential cases under the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, and the consumer has a right to hire counsel and see if they have a good case.
2: Wow, so a lot of people should be contacting you, are because I get these all the times. I get at least a couple texts uh, a day for some kind of solicitation. Um, If it's not a politician, what about politicians? Because I get politicians texting me, even from you know from one side of the party I'm not a part of. Is that Uh is that a violation as well?
3: Potentially. Potentially. uh Last year there was another case that went to the Supreme Court um, that had to do with political phone calls and political text messages, um, and it definitely has potential to be a case. There's a lot more to it, a lot of nuances, and I don't have enough time to go through all of those, but potentially that's a case. It's an easier case if it's straight solicitation or straight from a debt collector. We recently settled with Home Depot for over $4 million on a class action for phone calls. Um, we also settled with iHeartMedia for over $8 million on a text message case several years ago. Um, so these are big cases that have potential to be large cases because, as you know, as well as I do, everyone has their cell phone on them. Getting these calls is beyond annoying at this point. It's frustrating. It ruins your day, especially the consumers that are getting six to eight calls a day as soon as they wake up while they're at work while they're having dinner with their kids, while they're out with their spouse. It's just beyond absurd, and it's important. This is an important law that protects consumers, and this radio station um, is doing everyone uh, the privilege of notifying them because the problem is most people don't know about this law. So it's important that this information gets out there so consumers know that they have a right to stop these calls and to get compensated for the damage that they've been suffered.
2: Excellent. Thank you so much, Ari, for being a guest on our show. And I hope to have you back in the future. And Thank you so much. And, you know, everybody will have this posted on our website. Again, John Wilkinson with Our Consumer Protection. Ari, this is The Financial Truths.
4: Hey folks, this is Captain Terry here to talk to you about Hooked on Heroes. Hooked on Heroes is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. 100% of donations go to take veterans on fishing trips. Hooked on Heroes takes 250 to 300 veterans on one day fishing trips twice a year. You can donate to this great cause through their website at hookedonheroes.com or call Ron at 386 364 9589. That's Ron at 386 364 9589. They need your help getting rods and reels and leader and other fishing items for these fishing trips all the veterans that hooked on heroes want to thank you in advance
2: During these difficult times, the National Single Parents Resource Center has expanded to help anyone who would like to get the facts to deal with everyday challenges, especially during this pandemic. If you or someone you know needs a caring and compassionate ear or someone to talk to, please reach out to our vendor, Coach Judy, who has been honored nationally for her work in coaching. Please give her a call at 561-441-8557 or visit her site at coachjudy.info.
1: Our Legal Plans offers toll-free phone consultation on personal legal matters, letters slash phone calls, will preparation and more. All Legal Plans provide a guaranteed 10-25% to discount on legal services not otherwise covered by the plan. We realize how difficult it can be to keep a business going in today's market. Having an attorney available for the legal situations known to arise in the business environment gives peace of mind to run a business with less worry. The Business Legal Plan can help with contract and document review, debt collection, contract disputes, trial defense, partnerships, consumer fraud, workers' compensation, incorporation, and much more. Call 772-348-4011 for more information. Again that's 772-348-4011.
4: Thanks much to our sponsor, New Concept Lures. They hold over seven U.S. patents, and all lures are unique in design and American made. You can even have custom lures made to meet your needs. Visit New Concept Lures at newconceptlures.com, and you can also find them on the Fish Florida mobile app.
0: As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor, restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.
1: The Fish Florida Association is here for you during these difficult times. When you join FFA, they'll work together with you to help your business with exposure, promotion, advertising, marketing, and services that will save your company hundreds if not thousands of dollars for just a $375 annual fee, which can be broken up into payments for your convenience. To join, just go to fishfloridaassociation.com or give them a call at 561-900-4283.
2: Good morning, Florida. The Financial Truths. I am your host, John Wilkinson. And earlier we were talking to Ari Marcus. Now, Ari is such a, to me, a cool guy, but... He's a consumer protection attorney, which are my favorite attorneys, because guess what? They do not charge the consumer. That's us, right? Usually when you walk into an attorney's office, you walk out with a lot less money, you know? And so with the consumer protection attorneys, it's not like that. You know, they build in their fees to whom they're suing because they're not going to take your case until they know they have a case, Right. And so that's the great thing about them. And you don't pay them anything. They're going to build all their fees. And when they win that case or settle, then your your money doesn't come out of that settlement. It's built separately, built separately. So such a great thing. And there's so many regulations out there that are being violated that it's crazy. This is why you have to be an educated or informed consumer. And that's what we're going to bring to you. Now, just like he said, you know, a lot of this we went over in our previous shows about, you know, some of these regulations and what to look out for and so forth. But, you know, I kind of wanted you to hear it firsthand from somebody else. You know, it's an attorney that does this day in and day out. And that's I think that's all he does is consumer protection uh, laws or uh, cases. So such a great thing. And, you know, his specialty, you know, like he said, was those three, the Fair Credit Reporting Act, Fair Debt Collections Practice Act, and then the Telephone Consumer Protection Act, right, which we talked about those texts. Man, I get those texts all the time. And, you know, even the politicians on both sides of the parties, which, you know, I'm not, we're going to not talk about politics and religion or anything like that on the show. But it's about the text. I was getting it nonstop from both parties, you know, and it's especially the emails. Oh, my goodness. Emails were astronomical from both parties. But uh, the texting is pretty annoying. And I actually text one back. This This is a real true story. I text one back. You know, it said, hey, vote for blah, 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 blah. And it was a local number. So I text back TCP8. And they said, and they they actually responded back and said, "Do you mean Telephone Consumer Protection Act?" And I said, "Yes." And they're like, "Why do you say that?" And then, then I'm like, "Well, you're in violation because I never said you could text my phone." And they're like, "Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm a intern, politician intern, or something works for the politicians," and. So I just told them, like, listen, you can't do that because this is a violation. I don't care if this politician or want to be a politician or whatever. it told you to do that because we have rights that the federal government has put into place. And that's, you know, you're not above the law. You know, even if you're a politician, <laughs> you're not supposed to be above the law. Right. And so that's what they put in place. That's what we got to go by, and so that's what they have to follow as well. Just like being a police officer, you're enforcing the law. You are not the law. You're enforcing the law, right? So remember that. You're, you're in enforcement. So when it comes to your rights, think about that as well. You have so many rights, so it would be good to know some of this so you can, one, exercise your rights You know when you need to, and two... Well, if people are violating your rights and you know, then you can get somebody like myself or Ari to assist you, you know, to take these people. And, you know, whatever companies are violating, if they're violating you, they're violating somebody else. And if you don't step up and say something, right, then the next person might not step up and say something and so forth, and then they're getting away with it, right? So this is why I say, you know, step up. It is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau that you complain to, which is the government entity on this, you know, but you still have to do procedures. You can't, you can't see there's a violation on your credit or there's some kind of violation here, and you don't do anything to get the credit.